Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today we are going to start a little three-week series all about the doshas. So I had teased this, I think, at the end of last year, and I wanted to kind of step into this. And if you are brand new to Ayurveda, or maybe it's been a while, um, we're going to kind of dive into what three doshas are again. And I mean, I've had this podcast for eight years, and so sometimes, you know, refreshing and hearing things more than once is how things often stick. So I was just in a a deep dive Ayurvedic class where we talked about the sub doshas. And I find for myself, every time I hear the sub doshas, I, I get new understandings, you know, I'm in a different place of my life and new things kind of stick. So that's my intention with the reintroduction to the doshas for you of, you know, Hey, here's what those three doshas are. And we're going to spend a whole episode on each of these three doshas for the next three weeks. So let's just start with first, you know, what are the doshas? So in Ayurveda, you know, which originated in India over 5,000 years ago, they are what governs uh, various, you know, qualities about the body, the mind, the spirit, the seasons, time of day. They are represented in all parts of our life. And so they are associated with the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and space. And we have each of these three doshas in our bodies in varying amounts. And so those amounts make up what our actual dosha or prakriti, what the dosha we are born with. Now we also have a vikriti, which would be our imbalance. And so the goal of Ayurveda is to find and maintain you know, your unique balance to the best of your ability, because often, you know, life happens. We have injuries, we have, um, like giving birth. Um, we have, you know, big dramatic moments in our lives. Um, we have aging, all of those things are going to slightly affect our doshas. And so what we do on a daily basis is how we kind of find our balances. So, Let's just start with that vata dosha. So we're gonna, that's our dosha we're going to you know tap into today. And this might be the most, I guess, common or the name that people might hear the most. It could be because it could be the easiest to pronounce. Because I know that is often something that is intimidating to people, even just saying the word Ayurveda. And I totally understand because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I don't quite know how to pronounce it. And doshas is something that's a little easier to pronounce. And so... Um, that could be kind of the step one of like, how do we, how do we know where to start? So that Vata dosha is associated with the air and ether elements. And so when we think about that, we think about space, we think about um, airiness. Um, When we look at the qualities or gunas of the Vata dosha, they are dry, light, cold, rough, subtle, and mobile. So when we apply this, this is why I like to use the seasonal wisdom. When we think about the seasons, right now we're in a vata season still. So the fall and early winter are vata. And so when we think about that vata dosha, often what's happening outside is it is dry outside. Our skin now is getting dry. It's light, meaning the snow that we're having here in Minnesota, it's very light. It's blustery. It's blowy. And it's just subtle. It's not the really dense snow. So that is something what we look at. It's Vata season. And so within our body, if we're eating light foods, crackers, popcorn, um, raw vegetables, all of those can be lighter in nature and cause imbalances in our body because we're already getting that lightness from mother nature. 
And so when we look at Ayurveda, like increases like. So if it's already happening in one area of our life, we might need to find balance with the opposite. So that's why Abhinyanga is a great practice in the winter. It's to help um, combat the dryness of our skin. It's to give us some oil. It's to just kind of get in there and, um, you know, help our joints get more um, stability because there is a lot of movement happening. And so if we look at those, we can kind of think about a person often, this is an example I use when I speak about how do I know if I'm, you know, Vata Dosha. So Vatas tend to be maybe the people who have a lot of creative ideas. They um, get energized and have a lot going on. They thrive on having many things happening at once, but sometimes they struggle with keeping a routine or they might have so many things going on that they drop the ball in certain areas because they forgot to put it on their schedule. It wasn't part of a routine. Um, they can be the people who, you know, have all of these creative sparks, but might have trouble following through with some of the ideas because they get so many ideas and they, they want to move fast on these ideas, but then actually following through the project the whole way through they, that, that can be where the, the ball drops. They can also be the people who, when out of balance are super spacey, you know, they're the people when you're talking to them, you don't feel like they're quite listening, you know, they're there, but they're thinking about what they want to say, or they're kind of looking around you for another person. They have trouble really honing in and focusing. And that's when people are really out of balance. Um, so that would be kind of that Vata energy. So those are ways that you can kind of find the balance versus the imbalance, you know, other common symptoms within the body of imbalances is anxiety, insomnia, especially if you're waking up between like that two and 4am that often we look at Vata and what are we doing during the day that could be causing that Vata imbalances. Digestive issues are common with Vata in the constipation realm. I was just having this discussion with a client even if we're having daily bowel movements, but they are dry, they are rabbit pellets, that is still considered constipation. Or if you feel like you're not fully eliminating, those can be still signs of constipation in Ayurveda. And so, um, you know, when they're imbalanced again, what, again, the, those qualities can be creative. They're very good at adapting to things. Like you can throw lots of um, things at these people that maybe a pitta dosha might feel like, oh my gosh, this is too much. They can feel overwhelmed. A vata dosha is very adaptable. Like, okay, I got this. You know, throw one more ball in there. I'm okay. And then um, just vitality. They're the people who really have a vivaciousness for life. They they thrive on, um, you know, seeing joy everywhere. So again, we have vata dosha within us. And so you might be thinking, I'm not a vata dosha, but I've definitely felt those things. How can we adapt? So when we look at lifestyle for the Vata Dosha, getting on a daily routine or Dinacharya, having things happen at the same time each day. So often I have people, if they are more Vata imbalanced, let's get up at the same time. Let's get up every day at 6 a.m., even on the weekends or as close to 6 a.m. as you can. Let's go to bed at the same time, even on the weekends. Let's try to eat around the same times especially if you're battling constipation or any digestive issues, getting our meals um, happening around the same time daily. Looking at, um, you know, when, when do we have that self-care practice for Vata? When do we have the meditation, the stillness, the practice of mana, something where they have to slow down. 
because vata doshas sometimes are are too fast. They're moving at a, you know, a, a rabbit pace. And sometimes they got to slow down to kind of that, that turtle pace and just, just be intentional about stillness and honoring quietness. Uh, incorporating warm and grounding foods and practices into the vata life. So for myself, you know, because we're in the vata season, I just came from asana this morning. And so I have a regular practice of going to asana, which is an Ayurvedic text um, as something to support the body with during this time. So having that warmth, because not only is it warming, it's grounding. And often in the sauna, you're not necessarily, hopefully not bringing your phone because the phone doesn't do well in that high temperature, but you might have a meditation on. So if you, you maybe put your air, you know, your AirPods in and um, you meditate, or maybe you just meditate in silence rather than watching TV. The place that I have <laughs> that I go to my saunas, they do have a TV in there, which I find kind of counterproductive. Um, I never, I never turn it on, but you know, once it was on when I was in there and I'm like, how, how is that, you know? We're kind of escaping versus kind of really tuning in, which for me is the intention of that sauna. So to have that warmth and that grounding qualities. And, and then in foods, you're thinking soups, you're thinking cinnamon, nutmeg, cardamom, ginger. Those are the spices to maybe intuitively you might feel cold to throw into things at this time of year. Same thing with, you know, cooking in general. I really let it be intuitive. What do, what do I feel like? And when it's really hot out, most people aren't craving a warm bowl of soup, but on those really cold days, like we're in a stretch right here in Minnesota, that's very cold. We incorporate those more grounding, warm foods to fill up our cup, you know, fill up our, you know, food, but then also our warmth in our body. So those are some of the things where we're looking at that Vata lifestyle and then yoga. So yoga and Ayurveda go hand in hand. Yoga poses to incorporate during the Vata time of year, or if you are more Vata in nature, forward bends help reduce Vata. Uh, we have twists, which are great for reducing Vata. Extensions of the spine, which can be like a mountain pose and really just focusing on standing from you know tailbone to head. Poses that maybe you want to be careful with, with the vata imbalance, are going to be your back bends. And if we think about that, they can be really opening to the heart and maybe increase extra vata. Lateral uh, movement of the spine. So if we think even like a triangle pose, sometimes that can be really elevating to vata. We have um, inversions, so headstands. Um, well, actually, technically a down dog is a form of an inversion. Anytime where your head is lower than your heart, those can increase the vata dosha. So just being mindful, it doesn't mean never do them. It just means, hey, if I have this imbalance going on, I'm just going to be careful when I'm in these poses to not overdo, you know, the lateral movements, the inversions in class and the back bends. Um, another tip when you're in the classes is looking down at the floor. That's going to help ground the vata dosha. And vice versa, if you're a kapha and you want movement, you might look up towards the ceiling. And then pitta is sometimes that neutral look looking straight ahead can help find their balance. So those are some of the little tips of just ways to incorporate, you know, your own technique with the doshas, even in a yoga class. So you're doing the same pose, but you just have a different look. And I like to cue that when I'm teaching my yoga classes. I'm like, if you need more energy, you know, look up. If you need more grounding, look down. If you feel pretty good, look straight ahead. And um, that is a nice little way to just shift the practice to make it your own.
And then in terms of um, breath work or pranayama, this time of year, brahmari, so that bumblebee breath are great. Alternate nostril breathing, another wonderful breath work. Those are probably my two favorites at this time of the year for that vata dosha. And then in terms of remedies, so do you want to take herbs? I personally would rather talk to an Ayurvedic practitioner or um, your Ayurvedic doctor before I would hop on an herb to treat an imbalance. We always treat lifestyle or the way that I've been taught is you always treat lifestyle first. Herbs are secondary because if you're not going to change your lifestyle, the herbs are just kind of that band-aid effect. It's not, it's only going to do so much. It's not going to be able to take away that whole imbalance. So um, some of the, the Vata herbs like Cho and Prash is great to use. It's a herbal jam at this time of year. It's also great for boosting the immune system. So I would always, you know, if before taking anything, you know, consult with an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner, same thing with Trifala. Trifala can be drying in excess. So often it's recommended for Vata doshas, but over time it actually can dry out the colon and make the constipation worse. So not actually helping anything. And then finally, just what self-care practices. So the main remedies in Ayurveda are what are, what are the things that make you feel grounded? For most people, nature is the number one space I recommend people to, to go out in to help find their balance. Um, and that's balancing for all three doshas, getting outside, spending time, breathing in the trees, going for a slow, intentional walk, also beneficial for all three doshas. So when we're looking at the doshas, those are a little bit about that vata dosha. Um, and again, this is why I'm teaching on all three over the next three weeks, just so you get a little background idea on what they are and little ways that you can incorporate self-care practices for each of these doshas, because they all require slightly different things. Um, I hope you found this helpful. Hopefully maybe you understand a little bit more about the doshas and your dosha in particular. I do have a dosha quiz on my website. If you're interested in like taking a quiz and learning your dosha, another way I'm actually going to be teaching an in-person, um, here in, uh, at green Lotus, Apple Valley in Minnesota on February 10th, I believe it is. And it is going to be all about, and it's from one to two 30, if anyone's local, and it's a beginner guide to Ayurveda. So I will be taking people's pulses in class. I'm going to have some Ayurvedic teas. I'm going to be having some Ayurvedic treats. We're going to be doing some Abhinyanga, that self-massage, which is great for Vata. And we're really going to dive into all three of them. And I'm going to, you know, expose you to practices for all three. So you can kind of get an idea of, oh, this is what I need when I start to feel this way in my body. So if you're, if you're in the Minnesota area, um, definitely check out that class. If you just go to Green Lotus, um, I don't even know what their website is. If it's just, just Google green Lotus, uh, Minnesota yoga, and you'll find the website and you'll find that, um, class popping up. I believe it's $40 for the, for the 90 minute workshop. And again, I'm going to bring lots of different stuff, um, for the workshop. So if you want to join me, um, February 10th, again, is that date. And that's really all I have. So that's, I, that's all I have for us coming up. You know, the seasonal living winter collective is off and running, you know, today is our first, a first official call. So if you do want to join, um, you could, and you're hear, hearing this on the first day, you know, pop in, send me a DM and I can, I can add you into that group. Um, because again, today is our first official kickoff call for that group. Um, otherwise, yeah, I have nothing really planned for, for group experiences in the next coming months. For the podcast, I might be going down to just two episodes a month 
I am um, part of another podcast that I am doing and it's a Hallmark podcast. If anyone is a Hallmark fan, I have been asked to co-host for this, this coming year on that. And so um, it's called Hallmark Mysteries and More. And so me and Eric, who is the other co-host, we're going to be doing that podcast. And um, yeah, it does take a little bit more time because we got to watch the Hallmark movies, review them. We're interviewing actors and producers and um, all sorts of Hallmark people. So my time is going to be a little pulled in that direction. And so I will plan on doing a couple a couple shows a month. I My goal is also to have a guest maybe once a month. So I have an amazing, I already recorded it with um, my next upcoming guest in February, Amy Natalie, and that will be the first Tuesday in February that will be released. And I've already bought her book. So I will let you know how the book is going. Um, she was a pleasure to talk to. So I think that will be a really great interview. And she broke down the feminine way according to Ayurveda. So stay tuned for that. So those are my notes on the podcast. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Otherwise, go out there and spread your peaceful power.